It's the Full Court Press with Eric Franson and Jason Walker. Welcome back to the, uh, you know, to the to the show that we're doing right now. Following the local teams, breaking down the biggest games with in-depth analysis and team interviews. There's going to be much higher expectations, sense of awareness of what uh, we bring to the table. Join the show by calling into 435-752-1069 or text 435-339-0321. It's the Full Court Press. Gross, Anson, yes! Touchdown, they did it! Hey, what's going on, everybody? Eric Franson and Jason Walker here on the Full Court Press. A lot of different things that we're recapping on this Monday. Mondays are always busy, especially this time of year. I mean, you've got the convergence of, uh, well, we have the girls' soccer playoffs that were going on, high school football, uh, girls' volleyball playoffs are coming up later on this week, and we find out the final RPI numbers and playoff pairings, I'm told, on Wednesday uh, for... 4A girls volleyball. You've got the NBA, which has started. You've got college football underway. The NFL is underway in full swing. And you've got Major League Baseball getting into the World Series now. So there is just about everything (laughs) but college basketball. And even that we're teasing and getting ready for the start of the college basketball season. So there's a lot going on right now. Yeah, I'm beginning to do my my dives into college basketball. And you mentioned all the other stuff. There's a reason I started calling this Reaction Monday. Because when we get to do our, our, our planning meetings, oh, we're going to talk about. Oh, we got to react to Utah State football. We've got to react to Utah Jazz. We've got to react to this. It's a reaction Monday because that's all we do is we react to what's happened. And then we get to start preview as we get the week uh, going further along. So, yeah, we'll, we'll be getting into some basketball because I'm re- re-watching some games from last year to prep for some stuff this year, doing film reviews, getting previews ready, getting previews ready for high school basketball. And also trying to see if we can talk to some of the, the coaches. Just uh, just tease some maybe future interviews. Yeah, we'll, well, Utah State women's basketball having an event in the Estes Center coming up tomorrow night. Yep, looking forward to that. Yeah, so uh, we had the blue-white scrimmage for the men. Uh, women have their event coming up tomorrow. And uh, they've got an exhibition game later this week. Yeah, so their season unofficially starts this week. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited for the women's team because, you know, for the men's team, there were some things, some questions I had, some players I wanted to see, uh, players that maybe I've technically seen before, but wanted to see step into a bigger role. Um, for the women's team, there's like 13 it's new a players. blank canvas. I had to make an entire spreadsheet and just spend like half an hour to an hour's worth of research just digging up these players' past to figure out who the heck is this? <laughs> and uh, yeah, I tweet. I put that on my Twitter. If you want to go dig up and find it, I Ooh. tweeted out like a month ago. But who are they? What role will they play? Yeah. Oh, so I I did a you know, just it was a little pet project. You know, try and predict predict stats for the men's basketball team, and it'll probably be spectacularly wrong in several ways. Um, there's like. Like the day after I published it, I was like, you know, yeah, I did that for several different things. But for the women's team, I thought maybe I should try that. And I was like, nope, not even going to try. <laughs> I can pretty safely, I think, predict the starters for Utah State's basketball team or at least get maybe three or four out of five right. I have no clue for women. Like, I can guess, I think, three players. 
there's three guards that I think could start, but one of them might not. One of them might come off the bench as like you know a super sub or something like that, sixth man type thing. So it's like I have no clue who's going to play for the women's team. That's part of why I want to see this Aggie madness, why I want to see the exhibition game, because I want to see what this team's going to be like and what is a crucial year for Kayla Ard's career. Yes. And hopefully a turnaround season finally for Utah State women's basketball. Yeah, so we'll, uh, we'll, we'll do a little bit more of a preview on USU women uh, and their basketball team tomorrow on the Full Court Press. Stay tuned for that. A little bit later on this hour, we'll have pregame coverage for the Utah Jazz on the road at the Houston Rockets. We'll spend some more time talking about the Jazz here uh, in about 10 minutes or so. We've got a representative from SLC Dunk joining the program, share his thoughts about the start of this Utah Jazz season. But before we get into that, uh, the World Series is now set for Major League Baseball. Not uh, not some teams that I would have suspected. Um, maybe you could have guessed that uh, that Houston would be there based on how they closed out the regular season, but certainly would not have guessed Philadelphia to be the National League representative. And this is how they clinched it yesterday. And uh, Bryce Harper, uh, late in the game, eighth inning, a runner on, and he takes to the plate and does this. Suarez delivers. Swing and a drive. Left field. It's deep. It's going. Yes. And it is going. Yes. yes. It is Bedlam at the bank as Bryce Harper has put the Phillies on top. And uh, they didn't relinquish the lead. They sealed the deal there. Magical series for Bryce Harper. He's had a great uh, playoff run. He was named the NLCS MVP, uh, but uh, also give credit to Houston just taking care of uh, the Yankees. Uh, the Yankees tried to make a game of it in game four, but in the end, Houston swept the series. The 1-2 pitch and a swing and a ground ball back to the mound. Presley has it. He feeds Gurriel at the bag and the Houston Astros are heading to the World Series for the fourth time in the last six seasons. The celebration is on on the infield as a dejected Aaron Judge makes his way down the steps into the Yankee dugout. The Astros are celebrating. They are a perfect 7-0 in the postseason this year, and they have won the American League pennant, Eddie, for the fourth time in six seasons. Impressive run for Houston. He sounds so excited. (laughs) I mean, the Phillies guys are about losing their minds. He's like, and the Houston Astros. <laughs> Again, it's just I sh- become rote. I mean, it's just uh, routine. I know. <laughs> I guess what he says four times in six years, the thing that guy was probably thinking is, all right, let's figure out my travel plans. I still have to keep doing this thing. Uh, which, again, I shouldn't be talking too much smack on announcers, given that I now do it. And, uh, you know, when I've started doing it, that's when you realize just how not good you are. <laughs> At the uh, at the announcing thing, he was oh my gosh, he's like, you criticize some guys and you realize oh yeah, the same mistakes I criticized them for, I'm doing them. Not not as easy as it looks. <laughs> uh, so yeah, got a World Series now between the Phillies and the Astros. As mentioned, this is the fourth time for Houston to be there in the last six years. Uh, does that make Philly, Philadelphia kind of the de facto team that a lot of people will be pulling for just to see a new face, a new team? There, uh, or you're like, hey, the Astros, they're a good, <laughs> uh, they're a successful team. Uh, they should, uh, 
you know, th- there's a reason that they're there. Of course, they've had the cheating scandals uh, as well. So I think that kind of works against them in in uh, uh, America's decision about who they may be pulling for. But um, uh, that that Houston um, group of, of pitchers has just been really, really dominant. And so it's going to be great pitching versus some hot bats from Philadelphia who will have the edge. I think it's going to be lining up for a fun series. Yeah, I certainly hope so, and I'm, I might actually finally turn on some baseball. Usually it's the World Series that I turn on and watch one or two of the games if I can. Um, and I think the Phillies definitely have to be the team that the kind of country is rooting for, so to speak, because they still don't like the A's, and or the Astros, the Astros. not the A's. Well, same thing. <laughs> um, you know, people don't like the Astros, and even if it weren't for the cheating scandal – People never root for the dynasty. I know this because I, well, was one of the people rooting for a dynasty in the Patriots. Everyone roots against the dynasty. And so the Phillies, this is their first playoff appearance since 2011. And so, I mean, it's not been that long since they won the World Series themselves. They did it in 2008. Um, But the fact that it's been, they didn't make the playoffs from 2011 until this year. So I think the Phillies are going to, they're going to get the sympathetic route for uh, for most of the country, even though it's Philadelphia, the worst sports fandom town <laughs> in America. Uh, yes. Yeah, so that uh, the uh, World Series schedule, I think that uh, if I'm not mistaken, that gets underway. Yeah, Friday, and the Astros will be the team that hosts uh, more games. They'll have the home field advantage. They'll host the first two, then the series will shift to Philadelphia and for three games, and if necessary, come back to Houston to finish it off. Uh, but this World Series gets underway officially on Friday, 6 o'clock on Fox is where that uh, series will begin. A uh, couple more texts coming through, 435-339-0321. If you want to weigh in, uh, 8968 uh, sent in a previous text saying, Compare that to Weber State tobacco. <laughs> says, however, I wrote it. I meant that Weber State mess. Some called a football game. <laughs> so yeah, it, it was uh, it was a disaster masquerading as a football game. Yeah, that's that's it. I I didn't like comparing them to those games because you know again those were disasters in their own way, especially the Weber State game. But I'm saying in terms of certain game elements and kind of why Utah State lost. There were some real similarities there. Uh, five three three eight with a couple of texts. With all four years of my college eligibility to use, I've decided to try out to be the new long snapper at Weber State. Yeah, they're uh, they're probably looking for a new one. Oh my word! In a close game, they give up eight points because on safeties because the long snapper just sails it over the punter's head. Four safeties in a game that has to be a record. <laughs> That was terrible. That just absolutely has to be. I don't see how else it could be. Two safeties in a game is stupidly rare enough. Four? Four? And all in the same manner. How they happened. It's it's nuts. Uh, 5338 with another text. I hope Coach A was watching the Syracuse-Clemson game Saturday so he could learn what to do with the starting quarterback who underperforms. Uh, I watched that game too. Yeah, Clemson's uh, quarterback, who's been a big name, was struggling, 
and uh, Dabo Sweeney pulls him just to give a changeup for his team, and it it helped. Now, Syracuse making the several boneheaded plays that gifted yards and kept the drive alive for Clemson also helped, but um, it, it definitely was a big decision to swap out the quarterback for uh, for Clemson. Eventually, they got the win. Yeah, certainly. So, yeah, and I think some – I think I heard that uh, – I can't pronounce the, the Clemson quarterback's name. I think I said he's still going to be like the starter. So – It'll certainly be interesting if that situation going forward, especially since Clemson's so highly ranked. I'd kind of forgotten about Clemson, but then you realize they're still like in the top ten, top five, I think. So, uh, yeah, curious to see what's going on with uh, with Clemson there. Yeah, interesting choice, interesting coaching decision. Uh, ultimately, it paid off, and um, they got the win. But you're right. I mean, that would uh, good coaches can take a, a page from what uh, Dabo Swinney did there, recognizing my guy is not really working right now. I need to make a change to mix things up it, to get this team going again. Yeah. And it worked. And Nick Saban did it a while back, famously, in the the SEC title game, I believe it was, with Tua. Can't remember if it was the SEC title game or the semifinal game. I'm pretty sure it was SEC title game because it was against Georgia. Mm-hmm. I remember watching that game. I was rooting for Georgia. Because, <laughs> again, root against the dynasty. Yeah, there you go. Well, one team that's uh, definitely not a dynasty, uh, but uh, having an interesting start uh, to try to put some things together here, the Utah Jazz. Uh, this is a team that everybody before the season was predicting, oh, they're going to tank. They might win 20 games. They're all in on trying to be, you know, uh, contenders for the draft in June rather than competitive in the season that starts in October. But certainly it hasn't gone according to script, according to how some people were predicting. Yeah. People and, like me? Yeah. And it's been a really fun start to for the, of the season for the Utah Jazz. And uh, James Hansen joins us. He's a contributor with uh, SLC Dunk and uh, weighing in on what's going on with the Utah Jazz. So how, how you doing, James? I'm doing good. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're well, glad, glad to have you on. So again, the, the, the site manager for SLC Dunk, I've done some writing for them, but James obviously being the superstar with that blog, I know. Um, <laughs> but I guess just the, the first question I, you kind of have to ask is, what on earth is going on with this jazz team? Well, that's a good question. I think they've surprised, you know, not only their fans, but everyone in the media. Everyone in the media kind of, and the fans just kind of expected that this would be a tanking season. And all they've done is play incredible defense. They've been an unstoppable offense and are now 3-0 and and look really, really good. It's a, I, I mean, I guess, where do you start? I mean, I think a lot of this team is a, is a bunch of cast-offs from other teams that didn't quite live up to the potential I think other teams had for them. And everyone kind of has a similar story. And so what you have is a group of guys that have a collective chip on their shoulder, and they go out and they play hard. They have uh, enough talent that they're keeping up with everyone that they're playing with. And I think another big thing is that Will Hardy has been an incredible coach that has, you know, he's set up game plans that help them succeed, but also these players are playing hard. They are playing as a team. It's just a really fun team to watch. It's been pretty remarkable. 
So through just three games, granted it's still a very young season here, but Utah is number one in the NBA in points per game. They're number one in the NBA in assists per game. Uh, they're number one in the NBA in steals per game. Uh, now they are pretty low on turnovers per game at 24th, but this is a team that's been very active in how they share the ball and that multiple guys can come at you. There's not one main one or two guys that leads the team. And that's also what's kind of fun about watching this team is that any you know different guys can have runs there where they can start pouring it on and uh, help this team out in different ways. Oh, that's that's exactly it. It's a, it's a team that can – it's one of the more versatile teams we've seen in a long time. Like you said, every player on this team can both dribble the ball, they can pass it, they can go to the rim, they can score at the rim, and they have a lot of shooters. And so, for example, you'll see different guys on different nights. And like you said, it's only three games. But, for example, Kelly Olynyk had like five assists last night from the center position. And that's just really great read and react offense, which is what something that Will Hardy set them up to do. So, you know, Kelly Olynyk is getting dribble handoffs at the three-point line. And he's driving, and if, the, if there's someone open, he's passing it or he's scoring at the rim. And it's just a really hard team to guard because if every player on the team can create a play, then it's then all of the teams you're playing, their defenders have to be honest with you. So, you know, one night, I think one of the preseason games, we saw Jared Vanderbilt had like six assists. Like I said, Olenek had five assists last night. Mike Conley has been just an incredible point guard this year. I think he's averaging like eight or nine assists per game. So he's just managing the offense really well. It's it's really a, it's just a refreshing jazz team because it's a lot of unselfish play going on and and just some really surprised players too. Uh, Larry Markinen, an all-star right now, at least three games in, he is playing at an incredible level. You have Jared Vanderbilt, like we like I just mentioned, he's playing at an all-defensive level. It's just a, it's like, <laughs> This is not what I expected at all, like, at all, especially when you consider these first three games were against playoff teams. These were not, like, these were not bad teams. These were good teams. You MVP Jokic that they played well against. You know, they beat a Pelicans team that looked like one of the better teams to me in their first two games. So it's, it's, it's surprising feels like an understatement to me. Yeah, so certainly the offense, I mean, before the season I kind of – predicted that there'd be plenty or at least a decent number of games where the Jazz just come out on offense and they hit a ton of threes and they play really well because there was definitely some offensive talent. Um, and, you know, they, they just win a game by just outscoring the other team and that's maybe, maybe not good defense. So I think yeah. the offense hasn't surprised me a ton, but the defense definitely has where I thought they'd be a terrible defensive team. So like, I guess what's the key defensively where a couple of these games they've been almost as good on defense as they have been on offense? Oh, yeah. I mean, they've been top five efficiency in offense, but also in defense. I think that's the really surprising one because, you know, they traded the one of the best defensive players we've ever seen, uh, especially Utah, Rudy Gobert, and they're still a top five defensive team, if not a better defensive team, because I think they ended last season efficiency-wise at, like, number nine. So right now they're sitting in top five, and obviously it's the first three games. But I think what you're seeing is you have a lot more size on the floor, so, for example, you have uh, you have Ke- uh, with Larry Markinen at the small forward. You have Kelly Olynyk playing kind of power forward center, and then you have 
Jared Vanderbilt playing like a power forward center hybrid role. So it's a much bigger lineup, and those guys are able to switch. And so there's a lot of switching going on. There's a lot of versatility on defense. I mean, it's kind of the name of this name of the game for the Jazz right now. It's it's just versatility. A lot of players that can play multiple roles and can defend multiple positions, and it just when you do that, you can really match up well against multiple teams, and it allows your it allows your offense and defense to be simpler. To be honest, if you all you have to worry about doing on defense is switch, that's so much easier than when you're trying to manufacture drives into Rudy Gobert and things like that. It just gets very hard, and in the playoffs, it gets even harder. And so, when you have a team like this Jazz team, where you have multiple guys that are big, long, they can switch. It just makes defense easier, and I tell you what, they just have some guys playing incredible defense. I think Jared, Jared Vanderbilt looks like a first-team all-defensive guy right now, just with how he, you know, he's going from side to side. The only thing he needs to do is stop fouling so much. If Jared Vanderbilt could stay on the floor longer, he'd be even more impactful. James Hansen, site manager for SLC Dunk. And th- doesn't this team, the way that it's constructed and put together, look like what we've been asking for and begging for from the Utah Jazz for the last several seasons. Depth in multiple players that, that can defend multiple positions on the wing, bigs who can draw out and shoot from the outside. I mean, this seems like this is the roster that a lot of us were hoping the Jazz could figure out with along with the, the, the stars that they had. It just seems like it's fun right now, but I wonder how long it's going to be able to last. Yeah, I think that's the question, because I think there's two things going on. One, I think the Jazz are playing above their talent level, which I think is a great sign for your head coach. But I think, too, there is a little bit of teams are just not quite sure what to expect from the Jazz. So it'll be interesting as the season goes along, do teams figure out the Jazz and kind of how to attack them and defend them? And is that when things start going downhill? Or do the Jazz kind of adjust and figure out how to stay good? That's going to be kind of the going to be the big question this season is is can they keep this up because right now they're playing at a i mean an elite level they're a top five team in the league right now it's not number one so that's going to be really fun to watch can they keep this up because there are signs that this is pretty sustainable and then there's a there are some signs that it might be a little bit of luck involved because they have won two overtime games and they beat the pelicans who lost brandon ingram and zion williamson so but you know what? It's still a hard game. You still had to beat them. And, and C.J. McCollum was hitting big-time shots last night, and they still found a way to win that game. And that's another thing that's changed from last season is how many times did we watch the Jazz give up leads late in the fourth? And in two of the three games, we've seen the Jazz in an overtime win a tough game. So I think it says a lot about the players. It says a lot about the coaching. I think this is a team that's filled with just tough-minded guys. So I, it just—it's a really fun season, and it's just—it's been honestly a blast. Yeah. So obviously, the the will it last is kind of a, a the big question as you mentioned. I guess one player in particular, I'm kind of wondering, will it last? Is Lowry Markkinen because he's the guy who I know a lot of people are kind of excited for, and I was kind of, you know, I was being like the doubting Thomas, just like saying, okay, he's going to be good, maybe he can be the leading scorer, um, but he's obviously playing a lot better than anybody anticipated. And you mentioned him maybe playing at an all-star level right now. I guess the question is, in your opinion, do you think he could maintain that? And uh, maybe some of the politics around being an actual all-star could get in his way, even if he does play like this. But, like, 
do you feel like he could kind of deserve an all-star bid at some point? Well, if he, if it, if they did it today, I think he'd be on there. I, he, there's a few things that I think are actually a good sign. Um, one, he hasn't shot the ball at an extremely high level from three. His three-point shot is actually not – like last night, I think he was two for ten from three, but he was like over 50% from the field. Uh, I And we know that Larry Markkinen can shoot the three. So if you would – you imagine that that three-point shot will actually get a little bit better. I think what's been so surprising is just that mid-range game from him and his ability to drive. He's actually done a lot in transition. So, I mean, it, I think, honestly, one of the biggest things for him is just health. Can he stay healthy? I think that's one of the things that's been an issue for Markin in the past, is just injury. But we're seeing now that, man, he can really play if he gets an opportunity and he's in an offense that fits what he does and, and so I think there's some signs that he can keep it up. I don't know if he's going to keep up this level of scoring because I think a lot of teams are going to adjust, and maybe that's the adjustment that other teams do is start kind of focusing on marketing to try to take him out of the game. But it's really hard with the way this Jazz team plays because they're playing unselfish, and if they load up on marketing and if he's making reads and making the right path, then other guys are scoring. And so it's, I mean, it's just, there's some things with this that seem a little bit sustainable. I don't want to get my hopes up too much, you know. And honestly, I'm, I'm kind of – it's just so hard because I have been watching lots of Victor Wembanyama video and that's seeming like not uh, as likely now just because the Jazz seem very good. And it, it's hard to imagine them not at least keeping up somewhat of this level unless they make some sort of trade, but – yeah, so I guess on that subject, is, uh, does Danny Ainge sabotage this uh, hot start by maybe making a trade, either Mike Conley or somebody else? I don't know. I mean, I, you know, only Danny, Danny Ainge knows that for sure. I mean, I have a hard time imagining them not making, wanting to make at least some sort of move. I mean, I know that they're playing well, and it is, it is a fun season right now. And you do want to give Will Hardy a chance to really grow as a coach as well. That's the other aspect that needs to develop this year is just Will Hardy in general. I think, man, after three games, I think we've kind of seen what he can do. And I think that's the thing. I don't know what Danny Ainge would say in the front office, but I know I, I just, you see what Danny Ainge is doing with Laurie Markkinen and Colin Sexton and Jordan Clarkson had six assists last night. When you see kind of what he's done with them, what happens if you give him an elite-level guy like a Scoot Henderson or a Victor Weminyama or a Ahmed Thompson? I, it's kind of exciting to think that, man, the Jets might have really hit on a coach. And if you can find a way to get just an elite couple of guys and then put nice role players around them, Will Hardy might be the guy that brings the title to Utah. I don't think that's – being crazy. I think that if you can find a way, but the thing is the only way you bring elite talent to Utah is if you draft it. That's how you got John Stockton, Carl Malone, Darren Williams, Donovan Mitchell, Rudy Gobert. If you if you don't get that in the draft, it's very hard to get it otherwise. And so I think that at some point we probably we probably see some sort of move. Conley seems like the spoon that stirs this soup a little bit and so if they want to try to lose a few more games, they might end up making that move. That's the other thing that's crazy is the first 20 games are their hardest stretch of the year, and they're 3-0. and So, it's, you know, 
you can see them playing pretty well after these 20 games. They're playing teams like the Pelicans, or not the Pelicans, the, the Thunder, and they play the Rockets tonight. I mean, they would string off some wins, I think. And so I wonder if Danny H does make a move at some point just because if you can get one of these top-level guys, that would be great. The other thing is they have a ton of picks. And so if something bad happens with the Wolves or with the Cavs and one of those picks becomes a top-five pick, then you don't even have to tank. So in some ways the Jazz can kind of have their keep, have their cake and eat it too. But uh, I think they'd probably like to take control of their destiny a little bit more than that, I guess. But it's going to be interesting to see. Well, I think one of the things that people need to remember is that, uh, and I've had to uh, force myself to to go back and and reevaluate the, his comments. But Danny Ainge, in this in the off season, said we are working on accumulating assets or developing assets to be aggressive next year. And I think a lot of people have taken that to mean we're going to be aggressive in the draft. But I think it also means that sometimes it gets overlooked that. He wants to develop players that are attractive on the trade market so that he can go out and put a few players together to go out and get a star or a high-level role player to fit with what they have in mind as a system, too. So seeing these players develop and play well shouldn't be a, a real shock. I know the, the, a lot of the social media reaction after these wins is you know, uh, uh, pictures of an upset or a grumpy Danny Ainge, like these guys are screwing it up, but I don't think that's necessarily the case. Yeah, I think I think Danny's probably pretty happy with what's going on because I think what you found out is that you've got an awesome head coach who coaches up what he has to be better than, you know, the individual pieces. And, you know, if they're good this year and they win 40 games and they go to the playoffs and you don't get a top-five pick, well, it would have been hard to get a, a Victor Weminyama anyways. Uh, but you can, maybe in the draft, you do just pick, you combine all three picks to maybe move up to get at least one guy you do like or something like that. Or like you said, maybe maybe a team comes and they have a, a all-star they don't want to pay and you can say, well, we'll give you these guys and one of our picks and we'll take him. And there's different ways that they can get talent to Utah. It's just outside of the draft, it's just harder, but it doesn't mean it's impossible. And the good thing about the Rudy Gobert trade and the Donovan Mitchell trade is that they have the basically the currency of the NBA is first round pick, and they have a ton of them. And so, if you're trying to outbid someone for a star, you have the picks to do it now. You know, so you know if in the future, you know, we this offseason we saw that Kevin Durant was available, but there were not teams out there that had enough picks to make that happen. In the future, is there a superstar like that that maybe you add to a core like this and you win a title kind of like the Toronto Raptors did when they got Kawhi Leonard? You know, that's another way you can get a star and win a, win a championship. So there's not one way to win a title, and I think the idea that you have to win it one specific way isn't necessarily true. You can win it in multiple ways. It's harder in certain ways with a smaller market, but it's not impossible. Toronto proved you can win a title, and you don't have to always do it just through the draft. So. Yeah, I think that I think that is interesting. If if the Jazz maybe take those picks and use them to bring in an All Star, but uh, James Hansen, the the All Star of SLC Dunk, site manager there. Uh, thanks for joining us. You bet. Thanks for having me. That was fun. Yeah. All right, thanks, James. Uh, to f- folks want to see more of what uh, James or others on the site have to offer, where can they find it? Yeah, I'll be SLCDunk.com. 
Very good. Great stuff there. Great to see what's going on with this Utah Jazz team. Uh, we will cut into our uh, show a little bit because of pregame programming uh, for the Utah Jazz as they're on the road taking on Houston. Uh, and because of that, we do need to take a quick timeout right now here on the Full Court Press. This is Jarek with Jarek's Fine Jewelry. This October is our 14th year anniversary. So to celebrate, we want to treat you to an anniversary date. Make it a date night on us. Come engagement ring or anniversary ring shopping at Jarek's Fine Jewelry. We have thousands of designs to choose from, including the newest custom designs. With no strings attached and no purchase necessary, we will buy your dinner at Bloom Eatery. The entire month of October, come in ring shopping and Bloom is on us. Make date night special. Make it Jarek's. Hi, I'm Jay Broadbent with Alpine Home Medical. I'd like to invite you to learn more about us. Since 1997, we've been Utah's premier one-stop shop for home medical equipment. What sets us apart at Alpine Home Medical is the superior level of customer service. We provide home oxygen, CPAPs, wheelchairs, scooters, breast pumps, and so much more. Come on down and get to know us. Alpine Home Medical, we bring wellness home. Visit alpinehomemedical.com. Why schedule your appliance repair with Daryl's? Because we are factory trained and have experience in parts and stock to get your appliance fixed efficiently and quickly. Hi, I'm Brian, the service manager at Daryl's. We guarantee your satisfaction and promise to give you the five-star service you deserve. Remember, we can compete with their price, but they can't compete with our service. Daryl's, west on Airport Road. Open till 6 on weekdays, 5 p.m. on Saturdays. See Daryl's Appliance in beautiful downtown Benson. Want to set yourself apart from the competition? The Leadership MBA at Utah State University will help you lead companies and drive change in your organization. You can attend in person in Logan on Thursday evenings or take an interactive online class. Complete your MBA in as little as a year. Apply before November 1st to be considered for a January start. Contact the MBA office for a waiver of the $55 application fee. Learn more at utahstatemba.com. That's utahstatemba.com. This is Teresa with Kim Drive Northern Utah. We are so excited to have won Best of Cash Valley again this year, and it's also our anniversary month, so we have lots to celebrate. We wanted to do a customer appreciation month. Mention this ad while booking your October appointment and get a free world-famous spot cleaner on us. Thank you again, Cash Valley. Kim Drive of Northern Utah. Kim Drive of Northern Utah. 435-752-6100. You can't beat fall in Utah. It's one of the best times to get out and explore the open roads of Utah. This month at Murdoch GMC Chevrolet Buick Cadillac of Logan, come celebrate our Get Out and Drive Sales event. Lock in 0% for up to three years on GMC's award-winning lineup in Sierra, Cadia, or Terrain. When you walk through our doors, you feel like family. At Murdoch Chevrolet Buick GMC Cadillac and Logan or online at MurdochChevroletLogan.com. We are professional grade. Call 866-628-3065 and see dealer for complete details. Offer expires 11 the Aggies are number one here. The Full Court Press. Connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, and online at 1069thefan.com. At Mountain West Motor, every truck and SUV is unique and has been customized, so you'll be ready for your next adventure. Plus, you'll be equipped with all the right gear like tractor boards, traction boards, rooftop tents, racks, outdoor jacks, and more. They're open at 615 North Main in Logan, Mountain West Motor. You can also visit them online, mwmotor.com. Uh, once again, big thanks to James Hansen, site manager for slcdunk.com. 
They write about the Utah Jazz. A lot of great stuff there. And a crazy great start for the Utah Jazz that I don't think any of us saw coming. No, I certainly did not, and I'm certainly eating a bit of crow right now. Uh, I know, and I, I took some flack from fans, like uh, how bad I was expecting this team to be, and they are not that team at all right now. And, and maybe this is kind of a, a magical start that's a prelude to a more of what I was expecting. But a lot of people saying, hey, remember the 76ers of a few years ago? They started off 3-0, and and they ended up winning 19 games total. Yeah, the, I think, was that the Michael Carter-Williams? Like, they beat the reigning champion Miami Heat in, like, game one? <laughs> yeah, we'll see. But I, I think this team is more talented than that 76ers team. Because, you know, and the one thing I said before the season is, look, this team has offensive talent. That's the one thing I knew was there. I you know, know it when I see it. You know, Markman and Olenek and Clarkson and Malik Beasley and Mike Conley and just there's a lot of off- – and I just Colin Sexton. You know, yes. I'm, there's a lot of offensive talent. My worry is they were going to be a really bad defensive team. And so while they'd win games by just scoring a ton of points, they'd lose any game where they just weren't hot, you know, really hot from on offense. But that's not been the case. Not been the case. They're playing really good defense. Right. Um, and their ability to withstand adversity has been notable too. Yeah, they, they, they kind of blew the lead against the, 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 the Pelicans. And even, I think, a little bit against the T-Wolves. I may be misremembering that game slightly, but against the Pelicans, they blew the lead, still won. Yeah. And that's what matters. Gave up, uh, had a 20-3 a to run, and they still found a way to win that game. Yeah, and so that's that's kind of what matters. Yeah, and I know James, you brought up just the, the passing of this team. You know, Olenek having those assists. Remember just several times, you know, they, they kick it out to Olenek, and you know maybe he could have shot a sort of contested three, but then he drives to the basket, and you think, Oh no, Kelly Olynyk driving to your center is driving to the basket. That's usually not a fun thing. But then he flips a little pass to somebody, and all of a sudden, wide open dunk. You know, Vanderbilt, Markinen. And it's like, dang, this team, everyone passes. Everyone does everything. It was kind of like last year's Utah State team, where at times it was beautiful to watch. Right. And, and even the Jazz of a couple years ago, where they were driving kick, beautiful, driving kick, three-pointer. Ball flying everywhere. Yeah, and it's just like... This year's team has that. They're assisting, t- like, all of their shots are assisted. Yeah, the game, uh, I don't know what their assist total was last night, but in the Minnesota game they had 39 assists. In just crazy. They're number one in the league in assists. Yeah, it's it's absurd, and it is absolutely beautiful to watch. And will it last when the, crocs, the clock strikes midnight? Was is it? They gonna turn back into a pumpkin? <laughs> I don't know. But At some point, teams will start to figure out how to defend this squad. Yeah, they're catching a lot of people off guard. But uh, boy, it's fun while it's going. Yeah, it's it's, it's fun while it lasts. Like I said, it, and I said this before, it's like enjoy the team for what it is, but don't expect too much of them. That kind of still applies, but we'll see. Maybe this team is a fringe playoff team. Um, maybe not. We're going to need a larger sample size. All right. A bunch of texts come through uh, during our interview. We'll get to those. 6891 texting in. You guys are correct about Weber State. They set the record for the most safeties in a game. <laughs> that was four safeties. Uh, not good. Uh, 9315. I see a win for USU football this week. Got to win the bye week. Yeah, if you lose the bye week, <laughs> I don't know what losing the bye week would look like. 
5879, worst fear about the Jazz. They're playing good just to get the trade stock for Clarkson and Connolly after the bogey trade debacle. Maybe. I don't know. They, they seem to be raising the stock for uh, Markkinen. Maybe. I don't know if they're willing to trade Markkinen. But, uh, you know, obviously Clarkson and, uh, and Conley are looking good. Uh, they're improving the trade stock of a lot of these guys. Yeah, and I think if and I think Conley could especially be one because a, a team that's, you know, on the fringe of the playoffs or maybe in the playoffs but they're looking for, a, you know, a push a little higher. You know, sign a Mike Conley. Look, look at signing Drew Holiday did for the Bucks. They'll think, oh, maybe we can do that. Mm, good point. Maybe, maybe the Lakers. Who knows? Six three uh, Lakers need a lot of help. Six three <laughs> nine one. Uh, jazz opponents are undefeated in their non-jazz games so far. Yeah, that's the stat that I've seen. That's just amazing. That, that, it's more of the amazing in this. And a lot of times when you see these pretenders in some sports, you look at their schedule. It's like, oh yeah, they're terrible. They're they're terrible schedule. Their schedule is terrible. Like we expect all three of these teams they've played are supposed to be not only maybe playoff teams, but maybe home court advantage playoff teams. And that's what's crazy about it. The fact that those are the teams they're beating and going toe-to-toe with and playing good defense against and scoring against. It's like, what is this team? <laughs> uh, eight nine six eight. Uh, Jazz seem what I hope the Aggies are, a collection of good players that want to play together and be a team. Yeah, and I think that's an, an, an excellent comparison. We've had multiple uh, – or did the other texter bring it up or did I bring it up myself? I think you brought that up. Okay. So we – so we're definitely on the same page there where we could see this from this year's Aggies, hopefully. Right. We talked about that this Aggie team is going to be the sum of its parts rather than one or two stars. And we're seeing the proof of how that can work with what Utah Jazz are doing right now. And this Utah State men's basketball team could be somewhat similar mold of what was is happening right now in Salt Lake. Yeah, and the great thing is when you combine all of that, and again, I it, it doesn't always work at the pro level, and it sometimes works at the college level. We saw it kind of work with Stu Morrill's teams where they didn't have like a superstar score outside of the years where they had J.C. Carroll. Usually they had guys scoring in the 13-14 point range. Um, but they played really good defense, and there were other ways that they won. Um, they're also low possession teams, uh, low number of possessions. But, you know, this year's Aggie team, you know, you could talk about the sum of its parts. If they play the right way, then the whole is greater than the sum of its parts, as the saying goes. Yeah. When that's what the Jazz are right now, the sum of their parts is a, as I predicted, like a sub-30 win team. That's the sum of their parts. Right now they're playing like a 50 win team. And that's not who they are if you just look at the roster. On paper, they're a lottery team. All right, another quick timeout here in the Full Court Press with some additional thoughts before we hand it off to the Utah Jazz. S.E. Needham Jewelers is where Utah gets engaged. We offer a large selection of personalized service and extraordinary benefits with our Integrity Price Guarantee. At Match Quality, you'll find our prices to be as low or lower than any store in the state. We consistently beat any 50 to 70% off sales, internet pricing, or so-called wholesale deals. In fact, we even price our diamonds at internet pricing, so you'll get Essie Needham quality at internet prices. Open Monday through Saturday, 10 to 7, where Utah gets engaged. Essie Needham Jewelers, middle of the block, at the sign of the clock. 
Thermo Fisher Scientific is hiring for their manufacturing, distribution, and warehouse team. And that's great news for anyone seeking a rewarding career. Thermo Fisher offers positions across multiple shifts, competitive compensation, health benefits, paid time off, bonuses, and an excellent work environment. Help Thermo Fisher make the world healthier, cleaner, and safer. Visit job.thermofisher.com and search Logan. Thermo Fisher Scientific is an equal opportunity employer. Interviews, analysis, and a little bit of fun mixed in. The Full Court Press on Sports Talk Radio, 106.9 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan. Eric Francis, Jason Walker, and uh, we'll have we'll get out of the way for Utah Jazz pregame coverage coming up at 5:50 as they're in Houston to take on the Rockets. But how are those former Jazz players doing in their new digs? the new surroundings. Certainly Donovan Mitchell having a great start in Cleveland. He's averaging 33.3 points per game for them. Uh, and he's doing pretty amazing. Uh, Rudy Gobert, 15.7 points, 18 rebounds per game. Boyan Bogdanovich averaging 19.3 points in Detroit. And four rebounds, shooting 50% from three. And Royce O'Neal, 8.5 points, 5.5 rebounds per game in Brooklyn. Is Joe Ingles playing yet in Milwaukee? Uh, I don't think Joe Ingles is playing yet. No. Okay, because I think he's still, still rehabbing, rehabbing the injury. injury. Yeah, yeah. so obviously uh, everyone seems to be coming out in the better end of these trades. The Jazz got what they wanted, and, and you know, Olenek seems to be paying off a little better than we expected him to. But uh, everyone's doing all right so far. It's a win-win-win. Yeah, got got to love those. I know... Some people are start already starting to sour on Donovan Mitchell. I still like Donovan, still like Rudy. So I'm glad that all these guys are playing good. Right. Uh, they're having some success in their new surroundings. Jazz are winning without them. That's always encouraging. It's weird. That's what it is. <laughs> so, it's kind of fun, but Utah Jazz at Houston tonight. Pre-game coverage at 5.50 here coming up in just a couple of minutes. Tip-off at 6 o'clock with David Locke and the Utah Jazz Radio Network. Once again, big thanks to James Hansen for joining us earlier from SLC Dunk. Go to their website to find out a lot more great content about the Utah Jazz. Uh, thanks again for tuning in and being part of the show. We'll be back again tomorrow and reacting to what happened in Houston from the Utah Jazz. Until then, have a great night, everybody. Northern Utah and Southern Idaho's home for sports. 1069 FM, 1390 AM. The Fan.